Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Hi, welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. I'm joined by Matt Trumpets in the podcasting shed. Hey there, Spanners. How are you doing today? Well, since you ask, I've got a bit of shaky, shaky man flu. I've been in bed all day, Matt. Oh dear, feeling a bit under the weather, are you? Yes, but I've persevered because one, this is the highlight of my week, and B, Vivian basically goaded me by calling Lewis Hamilton not a true champion and petulant. So I've been kind of, you know, peer pressured into coming on. Yes, well, I can't blame her at all for putting the screws to you. Wouldn't be the same without you. Oh, thank you very much. But, you know, it's not a disaster. If I do have to shoot off, if my video goes dead, uh, you might have to jump in and take over, Matt, which is no bad thing because we're looking to have you host some more tech-related shows in the future because, I don't know, I just get that feeling that I get in the way when you guys nerd out on tech and regulations and stuff. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't think so. But listening back, all those, oh, my God, this is so boring, might slow things down a bit. <laughs> why, why won't you stop? Why won't they stop? Yeah, so fair enough. So we might have some uh, tech time with trumpets or some such thing. So uh, right then, let's uh, let's get on. What can people get where they can't get elsewhere? We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. This show is safe for work. I'm aiming that my six-year-old can safely listen to this. For those of you finding us uh, for the first time, we are an independent podcast. We are delighted to be on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station, for as long as they'll have us. That's where we host e-radio show with Matt and Tom, where we talk about mounting Andretti's. Yes, always an entertaining topic. So that's some of the housekeeping out of the way. Details on how to join the conversation to follow. Just you and me today, Matt? No, I think we should probably bring a few friends along, what you say. First of all, why not Why not bring along some class and glamour with Professor Vivian Bove? Hi, Viv. Hi, Spanners. Hi, everyone. How's it going? How have you found the weekend? Well, it's a very bittersweet weekend. Especially uh, happy because Kimi Raikkonen was on the podium, but a little mm. bit um, sad. It's 22 years since Senna died in 
in Imola, in the San Marino Grand Prix. So It's actually to the day, isn't it, as well? And not forgetting Roland Ratzenberger as well. Yeah, the day before. Right, and Barrichello had a pretty big smash-up, didn't he? What, in that same race? The same practice. He's not that old, is he? Oh my God, you forget how old Barrichello is, because he, he hung around forever. Because he whines like a baby? Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he buttoned it with his career. Uh, yeah. Sorry, well, Portuguese well. listeners, Brazilians. My apologies. When you, have, uh, when you think back to weekends like that, it really it makes me wonder about people who sort of insist that we need this element of danger in the sport. I'd rather not lose a Senna and a, a Ratzenberger on one weekend. You know, what's the equivalent today? It would be like, I don't know, it would be like losing Harianto and Vettel all on one day. You know, we don't need that in the sport as far as I'm concerned. No, but I don't think the safety debate is ever really about that. If you look at the changes they've made and the the fatalities, even relative to the 90s, it's, it's not the same. The sport is, relatively speaking, safe. It's the marginal gains versus the nature of the actual sports. It's the argument that's going on right now. Yeah, Vivian. Yeah, except when we have a crane in a Japanese and It's Suzuka, yes. Well, the cars are pretty safe, but everything else is not. And that voice you can hear poking into the background is the beautifully haired Tom Clancy. The real Tom Clancy, the author. Uh, the real one, yeah. How's it going, Tom? You're just as good yeah, as that good. other I... one. Don't you let anyone yeah, tell I... you. Do you think I've stumbled onto the wrong podcast, Vanners? Yeah, you should be on like an action one about SAS and stuff. No, I meant Formula E, plug away. Oh, right, yeah. Formula E's Tom Clancy. Yeah, E-Radio Show. And finally, we haven't got Tony today because I think he got an offer of food and alcohol. So uh, we've substituted. <laughs> yeah, Matt. He couldn't get the toys cleared off of his podcasting desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he did it from the toy room last week. But we've uh, we've, we've subbed out one Geordie, and we've just got another Geordie in Martin Hales. Thanks for joining whoa, us. Whoa, whoa, I'm no Geordie. I'm no Geordie. I'm Scouser, Liverpool. That's to be fair. I think if you're from the north, you're a Geordie. That just makes it an easier distinction. I'm not going to go down that route this time. So you're happy to <laughs> maybe maybe another time. So you're happy to watch the chat room for us, and but unlike Tony, you actually know about F1 as well. I know a little bit. I can I can hold a conversation. That's good to know. So before we go into the race weekend, what are some of our pre-race tidbits? Vivian, what did you observe pre-race about the bags of wind? I was looking at the picture because Nicolas tweeted a picture where everybody, well, almost everybody was there. Were like nine drivers. One of his, um, his, uh, um, the guy who works out with him, and even Felipe Massa's dad was was there. And I love that they fly together and they've called themselves Windbag United. Like it's like sticking <laughs> up to Bernie, right? <laughs> because what was the comment that was made was basically the driver should shut up. Exactly, they have no voice, but they even had uh, Alex Wirtz, who was who is the president, on the plane with them. Alex Wirtz, who is the president of the Drivers' Association. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and then what else did we observe? The horror, the horror of the Red Bull visor. Discuss. Vivian shaking her head. Chilled. Did you? Uh, did you not like the Red Bull visor? Didn't like it. Will never like it. They're trying to push it down our throats. Vivian, you prefer the halo? I prefer nothing. Leave that car as they are. It's an easy way out. Look what happened to Alonso. He got really, he got out really fast. Leave him, leave him like that. 
So I is tend it... to I tend to agree. You just want it as it is. Would you go back the other way and and because because at the moment you can't see like their shoulders and stuff, can you? I I reckon um I think if we're gonna go down the visor route, then you may as well go full on cockpit because let's face it, that visor is pretty much two thirds of a cockpit anyway. Yeah, see, um, you know, on, yeah, you know on. exactly who you sound like. Me, Lewis Could... Hamilton. Except you don't look much like him. I'll be honest. <laughs> no, I don't make music as well as him either. So is it too simplistic of me to say that I why not have a cockpit? I don't care about having a cockpit. It doesn't bother me because it's kind of see-through. But why can't can you make like a bit more of the chassis see-through? Because if you've got the visor which can protect you, can't you my, make my it? Con- my concern would be if you go full on cockpit, what really distinguishes um, an F1 car from an from an LMP1 car? Well, I think it's the fact that the wheels, wheels, yeah, the wheels are exposed. You've got open wheels, which means you can't, you can't do your bumper cars. You can't go sliding down the inside. That's what, that's what defines it for me. Uh, Okay. Open wheels Uh, and weight, really, if you get down to it. Wow. You capitulated on that argument really easily, Tom. No, that's, um, no, I mean, if that, yeah, if that's how you define Formula One, but for me, I do define Formula One as open cockpit. So, um, well, I have, it's it's a really interesting discussion, really. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know. I, you, you can see LMP1 cars can cr- can crash into one another just as dramatically. Um, they can, but they can. They don't have to watch for their wishbones snapping off if they get hooked into someone's open wheels. LMP2, though, they they also now have to have closed cockpits as of next year. That, yeah, that's the thing as well, though. If we start introducing it into Formula One, obviously it's going to filter its way down through the categories. So are we just saying goodbye to open wheel? race uh open cockpit racing altogether because well, it's gonna it's gonna go down to gp2 it's gonna go down to formula ford you know who's not interested indycar yeah mm. is that the one that goes in circles indycar should be though uh, they have zero interest in the concept right now yeah i heard that the open cockpit was only there so that in the olden days if they had an accident they would be thrown clear from the car well, that's a bit irrelevant now. That's ridiculous, though, Why? It? Let's just throw ourselves clear of the car to, to avoid danger. That's why you don't wear a seatbelt in go-karts. Yeah. Again, um, again, you better not just give up on this argument as well, Tom. This is this is too easy. It's like punching a kitten. Well, what do we think, then? What, what are you in favour of? You're in favour of a halo device. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Make the whole thing see-through, though. That's my idea. Yeah, Make the whole good. car see-through, but closed canopy. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Like like the see-through it's... Game Boys used to be able to get back in the day. Boom. There you go. The the point is to protect the driver's head somehow. And it's really impossible to do well unless you enclose the whole cockpit. And I think that was Lewis Hamilton's argument when he said that the Red Bull concept looked like a riot shield stuck on a Formula One yeah. car. Now, uh, quickly, uh, the, the last thing I want to say on this really is people are complaining about the look. But obviously, uh, it's just a bolt-on. It's like if you look at like Harridge, Harridge boy racers with their bolted on spoilers, they never look as good as they would out of the factory on a proper sports car. You know, it's an aftermarket thing. I'm sure Red Bull are capable of making something that looks good. Yeah. Oh, it looked really good. You would just hope that it did a better job than Danny Ricardo's wing mirror did. Oh, yeah. It just flapped off and went straight into his face. <laughs> he tried to get rid of it as well. Thing is, they'll know exactly who put that wing mirror on as well, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, someone's written here in the notes, Danny Ricardo, point of view glasses. Yeah, he put on a pair of 
wicked looking sunglasses that had a camera built into them and went and did a lap around Sochi. But I've not seen any video from it. I don't know if that's going to show up in a commercial or what, but it's a it's a new it's a new device does 720p recording literally from your eye point of view. Can't wait to see that come out. That's awesome. Why haven't they thought of that before? So that's basically like Google Glass, is it? Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. You, you remember IndyCar that you all were bashing? Yeah. You yeah. could go see a point of view, uh, point of view from IndyCar from last season. Uh, one of the drivers did that with a camera attached to the visor. So, ahem. It's, it's weird how Formula One seems to be quite late to these camera technologies because I think Formula E beat it to the 360 degree uh, replay cameras as well and race cameras. Now, we it's the... almost like they're. Poor at embracing new technology and social media. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I don't it's, know. it's almost like that. With the Formula E one, you could put your phone up, and then as you move your phone to the left and right, it's as if you're turning the driver's head. So you get to see that race view. Like, you turn to the right, and you can see a car approaching, you know, on the right. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I would do wish F1 would. I, I think you get the feeling that there's um, some old curmudgeons at the top of F1. That, oh, we don't need any of that modern witchcraft, I tell you. Witchcraft. All right. Then. Okay, so let's go through to uh, the qualifying. The qualifying! Thought I'd inject some more enthusiasm into that. Uh, I hope you're, you guys are enjoying the podcast, but why not also join the live stream at SpannersReady.com forward slash live stream or go to Ustream and uh, search for Spanners Ready. You can join the live chat there. You can even call in if you want to. You don't need anything fancy, just your Skype mobile app. And you can call in on your phone, add Spanners Ready. Matt, you can have first honours with qualifying. Oh, yeah, there was qualifying. It was very predictable and somewhat boring. It in was fact, boring, wasn't it? In fact, I think really the two stars of the show were the uh, Lewis Hamilton Memorial Bollard outside the runoff area of turn two. And uh, Danny Ricardo's wing mirror. So uh, the bollard. Let's 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 address the bollard. Because uh, <laughs> we were complaining last week, wasn't there? There is just hods and hods of runoff room there, and there's there's kind of there's nothing to be done. So they put the most cursory of measures in there, which was a bollard to the left hand side. Go on, Viv. She just put, put gravel again, back again, and just... let Lewis Hamilton get into the gravel, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is it, but Absolutely. they they don't have to. They don't have to. They can gamble on the brakes every time because there really is no punishment. And it didn't seem like much of a punishment to actually go through that. But with Lewis Hamilton, he only just missed that turn, didn't he? He would have actually had mm. to have, like, turned 45 degrees to get to the bollard, wouldn't he? Yeah, he was nowhere near that bollard. Yeah, so... Well, but... this... Also, the fact it's made of polystyrene as well. The fact they know they can just drive straight through it, take it out, and just carry on with their race. It really looks like somebody left their their portable beer chest out in the middle of the, you know, like one of the marshals is out there drinking some beers and someone turned it upside and painted a red arrow on it. But it, it, it it's an interesting thing. If you look at the incident, you can see he was avoiding another driver. There was a driver slowing the inside, so he wasn't able to take his proper line. And then he wound up going four wheels off into, into the runoff area. And he did not even come close to to making the bollard. Paul DeResta made the point, I think, on Sky that he didn't think it would have even been safe for him to try and get over there. Yeah. But here's what you here's the thing that 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 gets me. 
is that this rule was implemented Friday night at the driver's meeting because Whiting was unhappy with what he saw in practice. He didn't feel like the drivers were being either slowing enough or being punished enough for going off track there. Maybe he only just listened to our podcast from last week and he was like, oh, the lads are right. We need some sort of punitive measures there. Um, but but here, here's the thing, though. They ran that bollard, but only in quality. So there was no vetting of is this thing in a, in a good place for everybody who goes four wheels off okay chat room well, guru i, I, th- I think on. it's just this is a constant problem i'm sorry i'm getting on my fi regulation do it now. do it it's a constant problem all they ever do is is they make up the solution after you know, they make up the rules after they think there's a problem they just constantly do this and it just wish wish someone would sit down and think through the process before they put pen to paper. It's just absurd over the years how many situations like this have occurred. See, Matt, tell me you don't want a show where you can talk like that without me rolling my eyes at you for back from the Skype window. Yeah, I know I'm doing a good job when you roll your eyes, mate. Martin, what's the chat room saying? We got anyone we got anyone anyone in there today? Yeah, we've got quite a few people in there. Um we've got MG5904 who's saying, you know qualifying is lacking when co- uh, lacking when course run Ballard is such a big talking point. Yep, fair um, point. And we've got also Craig Alderson who's also saying that uh, the quality in the race was a tad boring. Yep, yep, definitely. Anything else? Um, nothing really, just, you know, other bits and bobs saying everyone thinks you're going to pass out before the end of the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the picture on the stream and I'll admit I don't look good. Uh, <laughs> and if I do pass out, then uh, fair enough. But it is, Matt, isn't it, that he's right. We're talking about the bollard because qualifying was dull. Oh, insanely dull. And uh, yeah, because nothing really went wrong with any cars till we got to Q3. Yeah. Everybody pretty much put in the time that was the time. So I think it's brilliant that we've reverted to this exciting quality format that doesn't... (laughs) Oh, yeah. wait, sorry. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> so that up? It's, apologies. It's just reflective of Sochi as a whole, though, isn't it? It's not. It's not the fact we've gone back to that qualifying. It's just Sochi is just a just such a dull experience from from everything. Well, wait. On on that upbeat note, uh, let's move on to uh, Lewis Hamilton's woes. Because so let's set the scene. In China, he had in qualifying. He couldn't start qualifying because of a power unit failure, and then they they changed the engine completely, Matt but he still had the same kind of failure. The exact same failure. Now, I've been an engineer on the front line doing the fault finding with the knife and fork and the pink string, and I can tell you, that kind of fault drives you insane. It just makes you think you're going mad. You question yourself and like go, did I put the same engine in? Maybe I put the same engine in. And, you know, just bizarre. It is bizarre, and you do sense a certain amount of, well, panic, perhaps, from the uh, Mercedes technical front as to how they announced they had yeah. solved this issue entirely. Yeah. And then it turns out they hadn't. <laughs> yeah, so so would they have checked over? Would they have found the problem in that engine last time out? And would they have then gone through all their remaining engines and checked them for that fault? Or would they have just, you know, reconfigured the, the failed engine and just called it a day? They went through, they used techniques, including and up to electron microscopy to identify what they thought the fault was. And they fixed it and they sent back the engine and then it failed exactly the same way again. 
Um, so it, it's it is one of those really entertaining things for us fans. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be more than a few sleepless nights at Bricksworth between now and the next race. Uh, Martin, any comment on the engines and Hamilton's woes in the chat room? Sorry, it was on mute. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Nearly everyone does that at some point on this podcast. Um, there's not a lot. Of, I mean, people are saying that um, they think the championship's over. Rosberg's won it. We'll argue um, about that at the end. And also, um, Anonymous79851 um, said that Hamilton can't manage his engines, almost implying that it's Hamilton's fault in, it's himself and not, it's, uh, not the team. <laughs> I was going to joke uh, about it's, that. It's entirely his fault. I mean, how dare he go to Bricksworth and hand assemble his own engine so poorly? <laughs> I know, and, and I was I was going to go the other way and say it's a massive conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> Mercedes are hamstringing him to gift Rosberg the title for some reason. Uh, there, there you go. I think we've got two ends of the the crazy there. To be fair, um, no offense, that com- anonymous that comes seven up nine every eight season, That comes up every season, doesn't it? That he's an engine wrecker. Yeah, but one no one driver is either accused of breaking gearboxes, or they you know they just say, "Oh, that driver that that driver style breaks something on the car." Well, so this this is it because Hamilton at the beginning of 2014 he had all those failures, and everyone was saying, "Oh, well, he's a he's a car breaker," and by yeah. everyone, I think some of you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and then when Rosberg then had a series of failures that evened it out. I know Kimmy's had it. Rosberg wasn't then an, a car breaker, was he? So, yeah. And, and equally nuts is the people who were suggesting that Mercedes, they have nothing to gain, surely, from hamstringing their own driver. And and if they were going to do it, there are subtle and more intelligent ways of fixing that result. You could just make him have slightly less horsepower and make it look like Rosberg. Because at the moment, Rosberg's not coming off well out of this, is he? Go on, Matt. Sorry. He's... He's not coming poorly, but before before we depart into full-on tinfoil hatland, yeah, it's important to say two things. First of all, Rosberg's lap in Q2 was really fast and pretty spectacular. And secondly, the person who did the best lap out of all quality would be Botas. Oh, as in compared to his, his car. Nailing yeah. his P3 down ahead of Kimi. He, he, wrote, he drove a spectacular lap to do that, and... Williams definitely showed up well in quality this time around. Okay. Yeah, um, but, do, but do you not think that's because Rosberg is actually making the most of Hamilton's poor, poor luck, um, he's actually coming out better because he's actually showing that he can actually race and he can actually drive because he's making the most of the opportunities that are given to him? Well, he is, but that's your job as a race driver. I mean, he's not gonna he's not going to slow down and wait for Lewis to catch him. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, all I'm saying is he's making the most of it. He's grabbing the opportunity and he's actually taking it. And it's, he's not running with it. He's he's steaming past everybody with it at the minute. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, he he's not put a foot wrong this season. Definitely. Well, we're definitely going to argue more about that later. Uh, McLaren nearly got into Q3, Matt. Nearly. Yeah, they were they were talking very large. In the run-up to to quality, that, that this would be this would be the one that put them over the top, and it kind of almost did until a certain Russian driver, <laughs> yeah. Danny Fiat, after the checkers had fallen, managed to extricate himself from the bottom bottom five of Q two, and and I think he went P ten if I'm not mistaken, and it wound up shoving I think it was Button. Yeah, button and signs, signs, signs. Who claimed that Kvyat's preparation for his final lap 
slowed his own last effort down and kept him from beating Fiat to P10. So it, it, it's already been a bit of a, it was already a bit of a rocky start for the Russian, as it were. Uh, any last words on qualifying before we move on to the race, guys, uh, either from you panel or the chat room? I was just going to, do you think this was the first race of the season where we saw a clear um, back of the field? I thought they were, because uh, there was Sauber, Renault and Mano. I thought they were very clearly the cars that were out in Q, Q1. Whereas I think that is that is that the first time we've had such a definitive grouping of the cars out? I don't know. Yeah, I, I it, thought it, it, I thought most I thought most races up until now we've had quite a nice mix. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. And that's part of what made qualifying boring, and that was part mm. of what I think they were after with changing up the qualifying format a little bit to introduce a little randomness through sport to to qualifying and make it more interesting to watch for the for the for the viewers. Uh, anything from the chat, Martin, to, before we move on to the race? Because we've got a lot to get through. Uh, no, everyone's really started moving on to the race now. Um, okay, well, the let's... Big, the, big, the big issue coming up, Kvyat. <laughs> yeah, Kvyat. Uh, now more than ever, is the bumper for starting the race review relevant? Well, let, there's nowhere else to start, is there? Uh, <laughs> but he didn't miss the Ferrari. Yeah, who was in the apex. Who was absolutely in the apex. So I think uh, we start at the start and we start with Kvyat shunting into the back of Vettel. Not just once, but also twice. Uh, the second hit absolutely smashing him out around turn three, Mum. Matt. Yeah, well, I, I know you really want to talk about that. So we'll talk about it. Okay, let's do it. We can't talk about the other thing it, you've put in the notes. We, we can't talk about Brundle? No, we can't talk about the thing you've written in the notes. Safe for work, buddy. Oh, <laughs> but it was on telly, though. Okay, fine. <sighs> Boring. You can do it on right e-radio. Out. No one cares about that. Yeah, no one cares. That's right. Tom's show. Well, so, so we will skip all of the brand new engine tokens being spent. Oh, please. Mercedes and Ferrari. You're going to say I won't anyway. talk about that. I won't talk about the fact that Lewis changed his turbo MGUH, <laughs> CE, and ES control electronics and energy store in park for May. I hate you. Because you can do that now. Yep. Won't talk about oh, that. Oh, okay. Actually, no, we, no, no. Let's no. get right to the fun bit. What? Huh? No, go on. We can talk about that bit because, um, believe it or not, the internet's quite reactionary when it comes to Lewis Hamilton. And basically, no. I know. And we've covered the Tin Hat crew. There's definitely two insane sides of this, by the way. But I tend to go in the Sky Sports comments. I, I don't know why I do it. It's just like a guilty pleasure. But there was people on there basically baying for Hamilton's blood, saying he should get a penalty out of that qualifying. And so why right. didn't well, he? Because the regulations state the following. It must be clear that any replacement part a team wishes to fit is similar in design, mass, inertia, and function to the original. And if you have written permission from the FIA, you may replace it in park for May. In fact, they regularly publish a very long list of all the crap that gets replaced between qualifying and park for May. What you can't do and what they're very clear about is that suspension components changes, suspension changes and arrow changes are absolutely forbidden. If you do anything like that, you're going to be sent in the back of the grid. I can't wait to listen to that later because I just switched off. So, yeah. I, I, literally <laughs> looked like you went comatose there hopefully that will become relevant later in my life well, maybe when i listen on the way to work uh so can we get to the fun bit now where bits of beautiful red bull car smashed into the red ferrari 
Okay, so let's uh, let's quickly. You know how much I like to apportion blame. Is there anyone here who thinks it was anything other than Kvyat's fault? Matt, uh oh, and Vivian as well. You're mad. Tell me what wrong opinion you have. My wrong. Well, here's the thing. It was very clearly Kvyat's fault. Okay. Good. However. For those who watched the post-race interview, and this this has to neatly <laughs> neatly follow a, a, a humorously entertaining conversation I had on Twitter. Yeah, it was first that Kvyat accused Vettel of reversing into him twice on the opening lap, <laughs> and then I said, "Well, Vettel was brake checking him, and that's stupid because Vivian said that there are no brake lights on the thing." Well, it turns out that this is more or less Kvyat's defense. Vettel slowed up unexpectedly, and I drove right into the back of him. The first time around, he he said he simply couldn't get the car stopped. The brakes were cold, and he couldn't yeah, bring he the speed up. off. But they did make the point on Sky, on the Sky pad, when Paul Arresta looked at it, they did make the point that Vettel was moving awfully slowly relative to almost everybody else going around turn three. And that was because he had seen Perez... And his puncture. Yeah. And so Vettel did what we said he should have done in China, which is slow down. (laughs) Kvyat just punted him right into the wall, but not (laughs) before he punted him into Danny Ricardo, ruining Ricardo's race, too. So it was multiple own goals all at the same time (laughs) for the Russian rocket, which I think we'll have to call him from now on. I want to hear Viv's opinion on the on the incident. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Kvyat. First time, and then the second time, well, Vettel, like a world champion, was looking ahead. Kia was just running through the curve and hit him Vettel. Now, I think that if, if they had lights, uh, brake lights, maybe things would be easier. They could, we could have, we could do that instead of the halo. So the 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 light comes on when it's uh, when it's harvesting power. Is that right? So if you lift off, the light comes on. Does it not come on when you brake? I think when it's not harvesting power. Oh, when it, so when you haven't, when you're not accelerating, basically. When that... when you lift off and the car is harvesting, the brake light blinks because the car slows more rapidly than if you just lift it off with arrow on the car. Okay. But if you just lift off and the car is not harvesting, you do not get a brake light. See, I can. Or if you're not full throttle, you don't get a brake light. I could accept Kvyat when he says, yeah, I locked up and then I hit him. But then you hit him two more times. And. You start to lose sympathy after the second one and definitely after the third one. When If the car in front of you isn't going as quickly as you expected into turn two, so I just kept hitting him to make sure. And in his interview, he didn't... He wouldn't get out of my goddamn way. I mean, he is a Russian and he is driving. Yeah, right? but, but he just, he didn't... His... <laughs> if you ever watch it, he does... <laughs> yeah, I know. But his interview was like, sorry, not sorry, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, I'm really sorry, but it wasn't my fault. It was just that's that... what he said last time, though. Yeah, well. but that's like what my kid does. Sorry, but it wasn't me. Viv? No, no, the best thing, well, well, he's going to apologize, obviously, to his teammate and and to Vettel, because he said he would, but the best came out of that was Vettel's bleeping comments after the crash. It was hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Okay, then, yeah, I know. Well, uh, we'll go to Martin in a second in the chat room. Uh, Go on, Matt. I was going to say, you should go to Martin, because there is some disagreement in the chat room. Ooh, I love a good fight. What's going on, Martin? Well, we've got um, quite a few comments here. Uh, We've got people saying that um, Kvyat would be dropped by Red Bull. At the end of the season. Agree. Um, Heartbreak Ridge says um, Danny knows he needs to produce or get booted. Uh, that makes it more desperate for him. He's still a young man as well. That's what we forget. He's still one of the youngest guys on the grid. 
Yeah, well, surely he's he's he's, he's a professional racer. Surely it doesn't matter what your age is. Well, yeah, okay, that's my, that's, that's my opinion. And what what else are they fighting about? Um, we've got Vortex. Vortex can says um, clearly Vettel's fault in T three for slowing online in close quarters. He deserved it. Do you think is Ken joking there? Does he mean it? He's actually raced. I think he might mean it. I, I really don't know. I think I think it goes back to the first time. Yes, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, but after three times, you're doing something wrong. Um, did I you see like, what did Vettel? What did Vettel say though? Post race, he oh. said that he was. He said he was trying to. He said I think he said he was trying to cut back in though, didn't he? He said the cars. I think he was trying to look for a space because he was out so wide. Yeah. So he was slowing down to try and find his way on the inside line. Oh, okay. Well, that was a mistake then. But uh, yeah, but again though, you, you got you got hit. And what do we think of his reaction, Tom? Was that just was that too much? Who Vettel's reaction? Yeah. No, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was hilarious. I think that's exactly what he should be saying. There was no point in bleeping any of it out because it was just so obvious. But, I'm glad uh, they did bleep that's... it out because my daughter was with me at the time. But yeah. Yeah. Go on, Matt. I think it shows very clearly that he learned to speak English by listening to sailors. It was amazing, wasn't it? And what I didn't realize when we first heard that radio call was the, the radio clip we heard started before he, he hit the wall. Because I thought at first he'd said all of that once he was in the wall, but he wasn't. It's made all the better by the fact that he was driving. He goes, oh, he's hit me. What is going on? He's hit me. Oh, he's hit me again. Oh, now I'm out. And uh, it was all like in real time. He was ranting in real time as he was getting punted off the track. But do you have to press a button to do the radio? Because <laughs> he, he <feel> <laughs> Is that was... why he slowed down? Because he just had the button held down and he wasn't thinking what he was doing. I love that he felt his rant was that important that it needed... Uh, it he needed was too busy that. on the radio. So what do we think? Is uh, Danny Kvyat in danger of losing this seat, Tom? Yes, I think so. I think when you've got two of the uh, two fantastic Toro Rosso drivers, I think one of those is going to come in at the end of the season, uh, next year. Anyone else think he's right. in danger? No, I-, I thought he was already in danger. I think it doesn't help when his teammate Ricardo um, is basically slamming him, saying he doesn't know what the hell he was doing at the time. It, yes, and did you see that Ricardo was trying his best to pretend he was not being it was the most passive aggressive interview i've ever seen uh well uh i i don't like to say whose fault it was but it wasn't vettel's fault and now looking back it might have been and i don't like to say it it might have been danny's stupid fault but do you know what i mean he started off trying to make out as if he wasn't going to slam his teammate but in the end it was pretty harsh well let's what do you want to move on to matthew well post safety car couple of key couple of key moments in the race yeah so Uh, what happened during the safety car first of all though because this is where red bull really lost the race isn't it uh, yeah it's like they lost their mind they brought in both both kviat and ricardo and they put the medium tires on that's a hell of a gamble i don't think anyone was expecting to see the medium tire no one was expecting to see the medium tire and there's a reason for it and red bull demonstrated it quite well today <laughs> so the the only reason to put that medium tire on was if they thought they could get to the end of the race on it yeah they were hoping to get to the end of the race but he was but he was com- dicing with wearline wasn't he after the after the safety car 
Barely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's that. But now, to be fair, there was damage, obviously, to both cars. So they wouldn't have had the full amount of arrow. But you think in that instance, if anything, you want more grip from your tires, not less. Who and, was um, uh, who was Kvyat battling when he went to see that, you know, obviously they put a bar at turn two, but the drivers seem to be exceeding the track limits all the time um, on the entrance to turn three. Would have been Nazar, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he was battling. Now that I got a penalty for, for missing the Bollard, the Lewis but Hamilton K- Memorial Bollard. But Kvyat <laughs> seemed to go off off at turn three and use the outside of the track to launch an attack uh, around turn three, which then continued for a few corners. I didn't really understand why, why no one was picking them up on that using the, using the track limits there. Did you so, know how yeah. many cars, did you count how many cars were off on turn two, by the way? There was eight, yeah. eight and Formula those... One cars in the runoff area. And there was a hell of a lot of wheel banging, like between cars uh, on the exit of turn two going into turn three. Quite a few cars came together there. Yeah. Right. I think I think there was a big big wreck with Gutierrez and Hulkenberg, if I'm not mistaken, because mm. Hulkenberg was was out of the race entirely. I never I, I didn't actually quite catch what happened to him, but uh, Gutierrez had damage and a stop and go penalty, so I'm assuming that he hit some things he shouldn't have. Why isn't Jeff driving that Haskell? Because they wanted the money, the Gutierrez yeah. money. Why is Gutierrez in, in that car? <laughs> uh. Two words, Carlos Slim. Martin. A couple of comments in the uh, chat room. Uh, The Last Lab podcast um, has said. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, If Nico did the whole race on softs last year, why would you not assume the mediums would last? That's a good point. Last lap podcast, um, uh, friends of the show. They are, they are a competing F1 podcast, but we'll allow it. Also, uh, Matt PT55 is also commenting on the fact that the compounds have changed. That's that, Matt, there. Yeah. Yeah. And one major th- question that has arose in the chat room is, are you drinking white wine? I am. It's not a good one, though. It says on the, the label, goes well with chips. It's not, a, it's not like a fancy one. But so yeah. It's vinegar. It's vinegar. So yeah. <laughs> the... <laughs> 
I'm just a poor Essex boy. I can't afford the the posh the posh bubblies. So yeah, these tires. So last year, Nico Rosberg could go basically the whole set, the whole race on a set of softs. Obviously, the track must have evolved somewhat. But what really struck me was like, why didn't they bring the ultra soft? The ultra soft is is set to come in, I believe, in Monaco and Canada. So why why didn't they bring it here? A track where you don't really need to change tires. Matt, I'm looking at you. Uh, because I don't think they tested the ultra soft by time they had to choose it. Oh, I see. So it'd come in. It was too late to change it. Um, yeah, all right then. So the point that uh, the guys from the last lap podcast make is that well, maybe Red Bull are we looking at this with hindsight and saying that it was stupid? Because at the time when they stuck it on, we instantly everyone did a collective. What? What are you doing? Mm. Yeah, because you would think right away that based on the way the compounds have performed this year, that the ultra soft, uh, this uh, the ultra soft and the super and the soft would really have been the best choice for Sochi. Looking at it now, but they weren't in a position to safely make that choice when the, it was required by the regulations that the choice be made. Okay, so we'll move on to the racing after the safety car very shortly, and I'm just waffling because I can't find the button. can't find the parts you're looking for maybe it's time you called forge motorsport famous for our innovation clever design and manufacturing to the highest quality our mantra is the best customer care and after service worldwide so we've developed the largest range of replacement aftermarket blow-off valves recirculation valves intercoolers and actuators in the world We are dedicated in applying our wealth of knowledge and technical expertise gained through years of research and development to create products that deliver the highest level of quality. Call 0152-380-999 and our dedicated staff are ready to help you. Forge Motorsport, proudly made in Great Britain. So we've got to go really to the championship battle, Matt. So Hamilton... He caused a, a little bit of a controversy amongst those who are inclined to look for things he's done wrong because he was one of the eight cars that went off in the runoff and he'd moved himself up to fifth place by the time the safety car started. So there was really a critical time for him to try and get past Bottas and Raikkonen in front of him. Yeah, he, he did not have the best start and it's possible that really helped him out rather a lot because <laughs> he just... When he came up upon the carnage at, at, at the turn, he just simply said, "Oh, I know. I'll, I'll just I'll just go I'll just far left, <laughs> yeah, and drive around all the mess." And he did. He he made the bollard this time. He's learned he his lesson. Okay. Yep. He he did it properly, and he he, unlike certain other drivers that I won't name right now, name also them. managed to get back onto the track without causing a fuss. Is it Raikkonen? Is that why you scared? Is it possible it's Raikkonen? I don't know. My memory fails me sometimes. So really, he only got a podium from cheating. That's that's interesting. Basically, but but not. It wasn't cheating. He followed the regulations. He didn't overtake anybody really by going off. But oh, he I also didn't drive into carbon fiber shreds. Vivian, uh, Tom is also a Kimi Raikkonen fan. We've got two. We've got two of you animals. Both of you intelligent yeah. people as well. It's shocking. <laughs> So, uh, so my, my my first reaction was like, yeah, way to cheat your way up to fifth place, Lewis. Fine, okay. So he was in fifth place, uh, which was a nice bonus for him. He very quickly dispatched Massa, but then 
the, is it him or is it that Mercedes? It, it doesn't seem to follow well. And in the end, it was two fairly ballsy manoeuvres, especially the one on, on Raikkonen, because he was right on the inside line, wasn't he, for the Kimi overtake? I think Kimi made a mistake uh, going into the last corner, maybe. Oh, it can never sec- just be Lewis has done corner. well, can it? It can never just be well done Lewis Hamilton. No, I was actually blaming no. Kimi on that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think... I, it's... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that was quite an easy overtake on Kimi. I can't... And then, did he get past... He got past Bottas in the no, stocks, didn't he? Yeah, no, he didn't. And oh, the, no, he didn't. And no, this, didn't. this is a weird one. Out. How, when you've got a car with that pace advantage, do you not get past in the stops, Matt? Mm. Right. Well, I got to go back and say something, because you mentioned earlier that Rosberg got through a whole race on the soft compound. Last year. It was, it was no, it was 2014 in the medium compound. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So I was led yeah. astray by... Uh, by yeah, yeah. And, and aside from the compounds having changed, I felt like it was important to, to set that particular point. No, that's fine. Straight, yep. Mostly because I could look it up on Wikipedia real quick. Anyway. Back to the question. Uh, he got he got by Raikkonen with a beautiful move. I thought it was good. I th- thought th- these Kimmy boys. I think, are it, I think it was the overtake of the race. And if you're talking sheer aesthetics, because it came at a time when when generally drivers could not don't overtake. And this has always sort of been the genius of Lewis Hamilton is that he has the ability to pass cars at places that are unexpected. But it also I think causes him a lot of trouble because then the cars don't know he's there and they turn right into him. But that's another argument for another time. The pit stop was interesting. Botas went for the undercut, and as soon as Lewis was clear, he put in a, he put in a really fast lap time and is almost as, uh, half second plus faster than he'd been running. As soon as the Williams is out of the way, but they only kept him out for one lap. Yeah, and when he came in, his pit stop time was half a second slower than the time for Botas. And when he came back out, that put Botas just out in front of him it was about and a I second wondered, more wasn't it huh it was about a second longer than mercedes stop compared to the williams well, stop. I, I, they announced a half second on sky I, oh, okay. I didn't see actual numbers on it that's what my memory tells me and that is the difference they put him behind and given how much he had struggled to get past before the stop i really didn't hold any hope that he was going to get past so do, do we think was he just better on fresher tires well i think i think it had to be done you know, I, I think he he got it done. Uh, Botas actually came up on Alonso. This is the problem. He came up on uh, Alonso, yeah. was trying to get past him, and that sort of pushed him back into Hamilton's clutches and let him get close enough coming out of the last turn to get him down the straightaway is really what it is. So Alonso actually Ruined sort of it. set the whole thing up. But if he hadn't have made that move, if he hadn't have got past Botas there, he would have come out behind Kimi Raikkonen. In the end, so like, how how did how did the Ferrari stay ahead? Get that's, ahead? Yeah, that's what showed doing more laps. Yeah, uh, so because that wor- it worked for Kimi, didn't it? It just didn't work quite for Hamilton. His so Hamilton what were Merck playing a couple at, then? More. Do you think that his tyres were spent because Rosberg stayed out a lot four more laps? Mm. Uh, that's a really good question. I, I would be interested to ask the Mercedes people about that. Or maybe they just they just thought they had it, and then yeah, they go, well, we, we job done. Let's get out. So. Uh, or it could be the kind of thing that they made the call and then Williams had a much quicker than anticipated stop and they went a little bit slower. You or know? Mercedes deliberately did it to stop him getting oh, past Bottas. Maybe. Stop. You must own shares in aluminum foil. I, I just have to say, I have seen more people online today complaining about people doing conspiracy theories than I've actually seen people claiming a conspiracy theory. Come on. 
There's no conspiracy. Oh, no, bad I... luck for Hamilton. Oh, no, there's definitely, there's definitely uh, no conspiracy. Uh, so hang on then. Let's, uh, let's, uh, wait, 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 wait. I can do this. I can do this. I know what I'm doing. There's a Facebook group, you know, for Missed Apex Podcast. You can search Missed Apex Podcast on Facebook. There's 50 people in there now. You could be the 51st. Why don't you join that? That's your group. You post what you like. Keep it clean. Also, follow us on Twitter at Missed Apex using the hashtag WeLiveF1. Martin, what's going on in the chat, buddy? Um, <laughs> got quite a few comments. Um, Good, that's what it's for. 333 is saying that Massa should retire. Agreed. And controversially, he's also saying that Reikland should retire. Definitely. That's not controversial. No. <laughs> um, there's also comments about uh, Pirelli and the fact that they're not doing enough testing and not using data from previous years to, to improve the tyres. Um, that's definitely a, the new regulations um, coming out that the that's a, testing days they've got coming out. That's a subject for Matt's tech time. All right, let's move on to uh, the Red Bulls on mediums. We've covered tyres in general. We've covered... Uh, Mercedes, Mercedes in the points. How? In fact, that's McLaren. what McLaren. The... McLaren, damn it, McLaren. <laughs> Hang on, wait, 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 wait. who? Forty-nine minutes. Spanners <laughs> fails to identify two very different teams. Uh, to be fair, I'm in good company. Lewis Hamilton went into the McLaren pits, didn't he, in 2012? So, oh, 2013. So maybe I'm not too alone. Uh, but. Even the commentators, uh, the commentator, the interviewers said to Alonso, where did that come from? Where did the, what made them finally just pop up in sixth place? Yeah, that was definitely a miracle. Alonso got, what, uh, eight points and Button got one point. So that's nine points in four races, except for the one that Stoffel Van Dorn did when, when he was substituting for, for Alonso. So now M- McLaren has 10 points. Friendship. Well, good job. Is it genuine? Was there any luck involved, Matt? Which is not even half that that the Haas F1 team has. But I digress. <laughs> USA, yeah, I was gonna, USA. I was going to say, you always get these like freak results thrown up, like uh, Haas in Australia and stuff. But they, I think Alonso lucked in on the first lap, didn't he? I think when Vettel yeah, it was very much, uh, crashed out, so was I think much... Alonso lucked in there. The first lap, he picked just the right way to go, unlike Button, who picked exactly the wrong way to go. Anything else to say on McLaren? So are we expecting them? Because what Alonso was saying was, well, we'll do better in Argentina. Go, Matt. Yeah, and in fact, if you Argentina, were watching... Spain. Argentina. Barcelona. Oh, my God. You are, this you, flu. You are, you are I'm wrecked. cabin sick. I am wrecked. Go on, then. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, thing, that, the, the thing that backs up their um, war of words this weekend was a single lap that Alonso did, supposedly, quote, just for fun. Yeah. Where he went from running in the 142s to almost a full second faster for a single lap. The potential is there. The speculation I've seen is that it's, it's really down to their ability, fuel economy, and energy storage, if they get those two things sorted out before the end of the season, they're going to be, I mean, 141s, that's like Williams territory right there. They're going to be back up towards the sharp end if they can sort those two things out. So Barcelona, especially Sector 3, is very slow. Are they going to do better? Uh, they will. It depends on the fuel burn for the tracks. Oh, tracks right. that don't require a lot of fuel to do well, you'll see them do better. Tracks that are very high fuel consumption, they're going to struggle a bit more. And the same thing with the energy store. 
but they have development left that they can do this year, and we don't know where they are. I don't know where they are with their engine right now, aside from the fact that it no longer regularly catches on fire, which is a bit of a shame, actually, when you write about Formula One. Okay, then. Any any last comments before we talk about the championship leaders? Matt, Martin? The last podcast is saying, has on going forward. Uh, has. Put money on Mac- yeah, they put money on McLaren being higher up than has at the end of the season. Ooh. Um, and also, um, Vortex says that Ferrari has the new ice with the new combustion changer and they're still too slow to fight for the win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ferrari aren't close, are they? They're not as close as they keep saying they are. Uh, and I think I think he's right. I think Mercedes... I, no, sorry. He said Mercedes... Oh, I've done it again. He said McLaren would be above Haas. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think... No, I don't. You don't. I think Haas has some potential i think there's a lot more uh the mistakes they're making they're on far more of a steep learning curve whereas you feel with mclaren they kind of know they know what they're doing in as far as their own ability so i can't see them making that big leap forward whereas has as a new team have got a lot more in the in store if that makes sense do you not think that mclaren are saying the same things week in week out we'll do better the next week yes the next struggle suits us better well they've been saying the same since 2013 yeah Alonso was saying they were going to be winning, like challenging for race wins, like halfway through last season. Someone's telling him that and he's buying the Kool-Aid, Matt. Well, I, I wanted to, not that I want to take Martin's job away from him, but last lap podcast made the point that Honda were using the extra fuel to run the turbo up higher. And that if they can sort that out, which is going to be again down to better utilizing the non-petrol energy to to run the turbo a la mercedes then that they will be more much more competitive but another interesting thing happened tell us tell us what it is and and not that i want spoilers but if you look at uh, hamilton emerging lap 19 from his pit stop yeah and you look at it the or that was raikkonen i think came out lap 19 to lap 39, that's a 20-lap stretch. In that 20-lap stretch, Hamilton put 10 seconds on Raikkonen. Yeah. yeah. Which says that the Mercedes, even now, is roughly half a second a lap faster in race trim than the Ferrari. So for all their upgrading, they're really no closer than they've ever been to to Mercedes. To be fair, though, that is the slower of the two Ferrari cars we're measuring it against. Like uh, with... Not that much slower in the race. Though. Vettel might have won that race. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm sure know. he would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would. Okay, guys, we're we're woefully over time, so I've sort of given up a little bit uh, trying to keep that to it. But um, Vivian, your opinion on where the championship is going, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay, so here it goes. Wrong. Rosberg is going to win the championship this year because you know what? Normally, the people who have won the first three races have gotten to win the championship at the end. Rosberg already won four. He's already on his streak. He has won seven in a row. He has won more than his dad ever did when he won the championship. Um, he did a grand slam this weekend, fastest lap, pole. Uh, he he led, the, led the race. He won the race. So I, I don't think there's a concern. Uh, a conspiracy theory against Hamilton. I just think that it's 
It's Strasbourg's year this year. Hamilton has been, I don't know, a little bit distracted on something else, maybe Snapchat or something. But I think Rosberg is focused, and I think he's going to win this year's championship. What do you think, Spanners? Ugh, let's let's go around the table a little bit more. Martin, is this Rosberg's championship? I think it's his to lose at the minute. The way the way things are playing out, um, you know, he's he's unstoppable. He's not putting a foot wrong, um, and it's he's. He's got to not not finish two races just for Hamilton just to catch up. It's a big ask. Tom, Tom, is this is this Rosberg? Is it in the bag? Um, it's not in the bag because the say the things that have been happening to Lewis's engine could just as easily happen to to Rosberg's at some point. So Rosberg could be starting from the back of the grid in two races for two races or something like that. But um, <laughs> Rosberg's certainly determined when you see his interviews and how he's talking. He certainly sounds like the man who's who. It's the most confident I've ever heard him. Now, uh, I don't, I don't want to put Nico Rosberg down. I don't, I don't want to, and that's not my intention. I don't think generally he's a world drivers' champion sort of candidate, and I don't think for, he, go on. For for many years, I've always thought Nico needs to man up, like as in, as in he just he he seemed like a driver who would be pushed around the track far too easily. Yeah, he, he has yeah. been. Yeah, I've thought that for many years, and like that's always been a bit, bit of a joke when I've watched it um, over the years. But like, I think, I think he's stepped up a lot. Um, fair, like, when... fair enough, right? Fair enough. I'm going to interrupt you. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't put a foot wrong. He's done all the things that he should do. But I think it is madness, and I'm sure Matt's going to tell me where I'm wrong. It's madness. People saying that he has been performing brilliantly and that the, the momentum was with him and he's on a roll. My argument is that literally any driver on the grid in the number six car with Lewis Hamilton having on those problems, literally any driver on the grid would now be leading the World Champ- Drivers' Championship. The only way to not be is to stick it in the wall. And when you're up in the front with no pressure whatsoever, and I'm not saying he's not good, I'm not <laughs> saying he's not driving fast, but I'm saying if you put Harry Anto up there in the number six car with Hamilton's no. problems, he's winning. How is many it, Grand Prix have you led there, Spanners? Well, me personally. Yes. Being in the lead is not necessarily the same thing as no pressure. What you're saying is no pressure from other drivers, but plenty of drivers get it completely wrong with no pressure from other drivers. No. Other, driver, other drivers there's a, certain, uh, there's a certain level of mental fortitude required to be in the lead of a championship, to be in the lead of a race, and to not screw it up. Oh, name a driver. It's not, name. it's not a given that any driver on the Formula One grid could pull that off. I'm just going to say that <laughs> right now. Other drivers would botch their restarts or they'd botch their starts or they'd botch the pit stops. Rosberg has built up the experience to be able to know what he's doing by now. So not any driver could do it. But I, it's, it, although it's the same, it's kind of the same argument. Well, it's not. I always level that argument at Jensen Button in that I don't think Jensen Button... Um, championship warrants any merit. I don't think he should. I don't think Jensen Button should be a Formula One world champion. I hope Craig but, Alderson's left the chat room <laughs> because you stick any driver in that Braun 2009 car, and they would have. Yeah, well, no. Now, now here we go. This is this Except is the, for Barrichello. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is the point. Hamilton. Sorry, uh, Jensen <laughs> had Barrichello would have won it if Button hadn't done a slightly better job. Now he? this is what I'm saying, but Jensen had to beat Jensen had to beat Rubens Barrichello. Nico Rosberg this season has not had to beat anyone. 
He has literally not had to beat anyone. He's done it in two races, hasn't he? No, in he's Australia... Had, he's he... had to not beat himself, which is not <laughs> yeah, exactly. nothing. In Australia, he got a better start than Lewis Hamilton. That's that's the okay. only thing on merit that he's done. Apart what from that... In, uh, what happened in the second race? In... Oh, in the second race, oh, he got... Exactly. Botas. Botas, yeah, which is out of Hamilton's hands. Third race, China, power unit, done. Yeah, Fourth yeah, race, but... power unit, done. Th- there's... there's, there's... That race in Bahrain, um, you know, th- that's just a racing instant. That's not anyone could have been collected by Bottas, or anyone could have been in the first corner instant. That's not. The and that's he- what I'm saying. Anybody who has who would had been in, in the teammate of Lewis Hamilton with the things that have happened to him would be leading the World Drivers Championship right now. Uh, for is the the chat room agreeing with me, calling me a lunatic Hamilton fanboy? I accept the charge. Um. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're basically saying that, you know, um, Hamilton blew two championships while at McLaren. Um, Rubbish. Well, technically. I'll give you two, maybe 2007. By, by that same merit, Kimi should be a, a yeah. three, four-time world champion, and yet you would never give him that. 2012, exactly. t- 2012 Hamilton, that, the car lost in the championship, 2012. Not Hamilton. There's nothing he could do about his, and the pit his stops, engine failing four times. beautiful pit stops at McLaren and... Circa 2012. Yeah, 2007. He was a rookie, so all right, fair enough. He did he did match Alonso on points. Um, oh, look at us all getting emotional now. Anything else in the chat room, Martin? Any driver in the Merc has a shot. Lewis doesn't have every tool to beat any other driver driving the same Merc. Not sure I get the point of how it relates to to Rosberg, but okay, uh, fair enough. So let's go on to. Oh, I'm not very good with my buttons today. Look at that. Sticky mouse. All right, Viv, what did Hamilton do wrong on the podium? Okay, he behaved like a really bad boy. He didn't even drink the champagne. He didn't want to celebrate. He just turned, gave his champagne to to the engineer that was there, and didn't want to be a part of the podium. That's throwing a fit, in other words. Oh, couldn't he not just have been generously sharing the spoils of victory with the engineers who have so much to do with it? No. Right. So I'll be honest. I didn't see this because my parents were visiting and they were leaving. So I had to go and say goodbye to them. I don't care. But having having not seen it, I would just pose the following existential question for the fourth race in a row. You have been let down in some important way, and you can see your rival receding out of sight. You show up, you go to the podium, but you're not in a celebratory mood. Was <laughs> it really that kind of an Ooh. infantile fit, or is this just people wanting to bash on Lewis because, let's face it, there are, turns out, some people who just hate him in the world? There might be an element of that, but. Rosberg has been in that situation many, many times, and he always plays the media game of joining in the celebrations. Yeah, remember last year, the same thing happened in Sochi when when Nico Rosberg got the pole. Lewis Hamilton tried to steal his thunder from getting the pole by watching the Ferrari car. Do you remember when when Park Ferme going up? uh, We're going to take the picture before. He, the thing is, though, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he kind of he kind of wanted everyone to know he was peed off. Don't you think, Matt? Yeah, and and more to the point, maybe he had a reason to be particularly upset because it wasn't just 
having to start 10th because he couldn't take part in Q3. It was also a sudden and mysterious water pressure issue that mm. shut his race down when he cut Rosberg's lead from 13 seconds to round about seven seconds. I can understand. Now, yeah. To be fair, I, I said it in my race report, he never had a chance of actually catching Nico. But no, I, I don't, don't think, think that's he was. really I don't the think point. So. I think it stopped being fun for him right on lap 39 when he had to slow down and not try and catch Nico. And I think it just like it it's it spoiled it for him. And maybe he's spoiled for having been at the sharp end so long. But you go out there, there's only so many races a season, and here you go, you're on song, your car is faster, you're making progress against your rival and suddenly they call you up and say oh yeah sorry bad news you know your broken car yesterday day is even more broken now in the race you might not finish you have to slow down but uh, i know uh, no that's that's fine but what what will i teach my son is that when you're the guy who's had the good luck and you're winning you want everybody to sort of wrap in and enjoy that that celebration with you and and, 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 I, and i'm a big believer that you know he sh- he should have just joined in the celebrations but I mean, that's that's just being a good winner, isn't it? What he, I don't think he's interested in being a role model, but I don't think he's been a particularly good one there. All right, fair enough. I didn't actually see it, but I'm having fun trying to defend it anyway. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And uh, who saw the uh, the post? What, what's the warm down room called where they sort of dry themselves off with towels? Uh, where uh, Vladimir Putin, president oh of my God, it was horrific, wasn't it? This was the most cringy thing I've seen on TV in a long time. <laughs> That was awkward small talk where nobody knew what to say. He was asking if they had a great time in Sochi and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's so <laughs> great. Like, so how's that, how's that invasion of Ukraine going? Uh, yeah. Oh, but you know what happened? To talk about that? It was so awkward that yeah. the, 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 the feed, the TV feed went to the fans and then came back again to the room when they were ready to go out again because it was... Where they couldn't stand it. I, I actually left the room. It was so cringy. I left the room and, and I went out because, I mean, at first you had Kimi Raikkonen in there and they, they were talking through the interpreter and making small talk. Then Kimi made his excuses and went and, and wiped his forehead or whatever. Hamilton came in, not interested in talking to anyone, completely just blanked him. I think he just kind of like shook his hand and walked off, which was better than last year when he fist bumped him. That was cringy as well. Uh, but then Rosberg came in. And I don't think he was interested in talking to Putin at all. And he just shook hands with the translator and started like chatting with the translator. And Putin is just left there. He's like one of the most powerful men in the world. And he just looked like the nerd at the prom. I don't know if you noticed also, uh, he was wearing an F1 pin in his, in his jacket. He should have been wearing one, a Russian pin. I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I think when you're president of Russia, you can just, you can do whatever you want. And you can just disappear people. Uh Maybe Danny Kvyat wants to leave the country and take an extended holiday very quickly in Barcelona tonight. Um, okay, so guys, who's your driver of the weekend? Vivian, who's your driver of the weekend? We go through this charade. Every... Why do we, we go? We to celebrate with an opponent because he always gets a... the rose water. podiums where he gets rose water, so he got champagne this time. Fantastic. Um, Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom. Raikkonen? Mm-hmm. Um... I'd like to. I don't think it was a strong enough performance from Kimmy to give him driver of the weekend. Um, I don't know why I wrote down Alonso, but that can't really be right. No, why not? He's sixth place yeah, in a donkey. He, he did all right. For, I mean, yeah, he lucked into it, but he held He held that. Did he get fifth in the end? Sixth. Or f- sixth, okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Oh, yeah, because Matt, Matt had that free pit stop. Matt. Well, you know, I'm going to have to go for Grosjean. 
<laughs> okay. Because P8 for hot. Well, now, hear me out. You guys are horribly I, 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 predictable. I was actually by the tempted way. to say Rosberg <laughs> because late in the race when Massa was bored, he strapped on a set of super softs and tried to set fast lap. And Rosberg came back at him and ran a 139 dead, pretty much, which is a pretty fast lap. That was pretty spectacular. But I'm going to with Grosjean because round about lap 39 or 40 when that whole battle for P7 kicked off, yes. he had Perez, he had a bunch of drivers in DRS <laughs> range behind him, and they could never get by him. They didn't talk about it much on the telly, but that was a spectacular defensive drive for points for Haas, and that matters a lot given how poorly they did in China. Martin, who is yours in the chat rooms driver of the weekend? Um, I'm going to have to say Magnussen. Magnussen, uh, yeah, in the yeah, Renault. Yeah, he, yeah seventh place. he did place. a great job um, getting, to, uh, getting to that position, fin- finishing the car where he did anyway. Um, there's quite a lot of um, arguments going on in the chat room uh, about the driver of the week. Rosberg uh, yeah. has been nominated. We've got Magnussen. Uh, I think Mag- Hamilton is the loser of the week. <laughs> Fine. I, I'm, I'm thinking that Anonymous 333 doesn't like Lewis Hamilton. I'm just getting that impression from uh, <laughs> scrolling through some of the comments there. Um, and uh, any any others from the chat room? Uh, Grosjean. Yeah, and Grosjean. So that's, I mean, there was a few guys who did well in the back end of that top 10. But really, Magnussen looks to have done very, very well in that Renault. Bad news for Palmer, though, so far down. Yeah, that new floor didn't do as much as they thought. I think Palmer's got to go. He's got to start worrying now. I'd... He's not. He's not producing the goods at all. I know he's a Brit. I know he's a Brit, but I did worry at the beginning of the season. The worst thing that happened to him was Maldonado getting ditched because he was facing a season where he would be compared against Maldonado and he would be this level, sensible head uh, next to the lunatic. But being put against Magnussen, that's a real tough challenge. Yeah, so I'm getting nods. Oh no, you missed the apex. Who missed the apex, Viv? Um, I would say Danny Viat, really. Oh, yeah. I'd almost forgotten about that. There's not going to yeah. be anyone else, is there? I, yeah, go on. No. Danny Kvyat. Everybody's going to blame him forever and ever. And that's okay. Are you blaming Mr. Sorry, Not Sorry, Tom? Yep. Yeah, Kvyat as well. Unless I can blame Boemi just for no reason. Uh, oh, yeah, no, why not? And Nico Prost as well. Let's get that yeah, in there. Matt, throw them in there. Matt, who missed the apex? Uh, yeah, as I said earlier in the podcast, Fiat missed the Apex, but not the Ferrari. So he 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 did more damage than any other single person. I guess Gutierrez or Nazar might have to come close second and third, but you know. Yeah, not looking good for Nazar this season. Definitely, he's yeah. looking around for anyone to blame but himself. Um, I've got to I've got to give it to uh, to Kvyat as well, unfortunately. So I've got one more little award left. Sebastian Vettel, look, fair enough, have your little rant. That was, that was the biggest hissy fit I've ever heard on a team radio. And the <laughs> thing is, though, he's not some rookie. He's a four-time world champion, very, very experienced. He might have wanted to count to 10 before uh, coming across on the radio, especially after whinging and moaning all race long in China. So I'm giving it to him. Uh, okay, then, Tom, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, uh, no, wait, go. wait. Look, I've been neglectful. Martin. We, yes. We need a comment of the week. I need to play the thing. Comment of the week. Right, well, comment of the week comes from the Facebook page of the um, Datural Race chat that we had going on. Yeah, that's valid. It's from, it's from Vicky Horan. Um, and she says that in other news, 
Putin puts out a hit on Rosberg for ignoring him. Yeah, isn't he part Russian? Isn't one of his nationalities Russian? No, fair enough. Okay, so thank you to Vicky for that. Um, thank you for starting that thread as well, Martin, in the Missed Apex group. It's nice to have that little thread going on there. and We can just all have a nice little chat on, on the Facebook page during the race. It's still not this week. Yeah, it has. It was very, very busy. You should join it. Be the 51st member. Thanks for. Comment of the week. Find us on Downforce Radio or at spannersready.com or please search in Missed Apex. And I think we're getting to the point now where we would love some iTunes reviews. If you could leave a five-star review and get us featured on the page of iTunes, that would really help our downloads. Matt, where can people catch up with you on the internet reference motorsport and stuff? Absolutely. You can find me on the Twitters at MattPT55, and you can look for my reviews of quality and races on thejudge13.com. Your qualifying report was better than qualifying, <laughs> like, by a mile. It was more entertaining <laughs> than qualifying. In fact, oh, yeah, I think, like, yeah, you may have done it no justice. <laughs> uh, made it seem interesting, which it wasn't. Yeah, I, I do my best. Sometimes I have to work harder than others. Tom, where can people find you? E-Radio Show. Yep, please follow at E-Radio Show on Twitter uh, and give that a listen and look up on iTunes. And you can find me at Retro underscore F1. Underscores uh, rubbish. And do watch Formula E. It's good. It's been getting it's good. The championship is hotting up. Vivian, where can people catch up with you? Well, they can catch up on me with um, on Twitter at Vivian Bove and at Radio House, which is Honduran Radio, Radio House HN on Twitter also. Martin, do you do things on the internet besides run our Facebook page? Um, nothing legal, no. Where can, can people? <laughs> <laughs> You've just fallen into a scouse stereotype there, haven't you? Come on, they do do don't do. All right, uh, do you have a Twitter handle? Uh, do it's Martin Hales. That's a, that's a really that's normal Twitter name. I quite because that's my name. I admire that. Although I do hate it on Xbox when you see someone whose gamer tags like Dave Smith. I just think, <laughs> oh come on, call yourself like Fire Jet or like Nitro uh, Jet Wagon. Pulse. I do have another handle. All hails me. All hails me. Go on, go with that. I like All that. All hails me. Uh, we actually, oh, we, we have an incoming call from Toto Wolf to explain uh, Hamilton's problems, but we really, I'm afraid we don't have time. Please go to www.spannersready.com. Lots of fun, interesting things happening on there. And catch me on a Dad's View podcast. That's not safe for work. Until next time, wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. Catch you later. Well, that is definitely the busiest chat room we've had so far. Martin, well done for even keeping a slight eye on that. <laughs> that little manic in there. I can't believe we've got two Kimmy fans. I'm never letting yes. that I'm never letting that happen again. Never. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.